0: It's not a question, it's um, instead of procrastinating and saying, maybe, maybe, yeah, just do it.
1: Link to action.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. No maybes. No. Just do just it. Just do it. Just do it. And you have the right to add, and that's irrespective of the amount of years you've had on the planet. You respect it, that's your message Andy. Even at 70 you can still improve. Yeah.
1: I also think further to that, um, one thing that this trip will help me reflect on a lot when I'm home is uh, the value of empathy and specifically empathising with others. And um, you're told a lot to put yourself in other people's shoes to help understand why they might feel the way that they do. But I really think that this trip frames uh, why empathy is such a valuable skill and why it's essential to carry with you at all times. I think uh, empathy for every person you deal with in all facets of your life is essential. I think having people to share it with is infinitely important. Uh, I think you can go through life and experience a whole range of incredible things, but if, you, if you're if you sitting on that rocking chair at the end of your days, looking back on it, and you're by yourself, and you can't talk to anyone who experienced that with you yeah. and share and relate and just exchange that compassion, um, I think it's I think,
2: I just don't think it's comparable. Yeah. Hey, you've just joined A Journey with Bernie. Greetings, my dear friends, and thank you so much for joining me and today's wonderful guest. My name is Bernie Kelly, and I'm your very enthusiastic show host. Why? Because I woke up this morning. And I don't know about you, but I'm still breathing. I've been expressing my joy for life as a corporate leadership and team building coach for 30 years now. But I've also loved working in the schools, guiding students and our young ones just to open up their eyes to see more, to do more, to be more. I'm an explorer who wants to take you and them to the summit of Kilimanjaro. Hey, how about the base of Mount Everest? Or the intrigue of the Peruvian Machu Picchu, or that epic spiritual adventure across northern Spain, the Camino. Yes, I'm a lover of nature and I am a consumer of life, and that's why this podcast exists. You see, it's a simple exploration of what you and I need to do to find greater love for self, to inspire our own sustainable inner happiness and to discover greater meaning in our humble lives. Of course, I don't have the answers, but that's why each week you and I will explore the life purpose and the perspectives and paradigms of our wonderful podcast guests who will share with us their strategies, their thoughts, their actions that just might bring greater meaning to our lives. Hey, we're all on this journey, folks. So today, let's together put on our hat of curiosity and explore life's possibilities. And let's do it together on this episode of A Journey with Bernie. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you ever so much for joining this episode of A Journey with Bernie. Even though my guests do come from the home country, Australia, make no mistake about it, we're still here in Nepal, specifically we're in Kathmandu, at the wonderful studio that belongs to an extraordinary podcast called Dusty Nep, And I thoroughly recommend to any of our listeners out there that they get onto Apple and Spotify. I'm sure they would find... uh, a, a wonderful journey with this young man called Dusty who's my producer here in Kathmandu. Now why are we here in Kathmandu? I've alerted you in the previous episodes we are here because Andy Loney, who is sitting opposite me, good day Andy Good day. Andy. <laughs> Andy by the way, can you believe it lives three units above what's that experience like mate i tell you what i know it how can i get all the bloody marbles from your kits thrown down under my patio
0: because it seemed like the thing to do at the time (laughs) it's mainly accidental of course that's why i put you on a horse of course going to everest base camp yes i must thank you for that my chiropractor will be very
2: interested to see the outcome and he's a wonderful human being. He's 70 years of age, folks. And guess what? The man just went to Everest. Base camp but also supporting him was a terrific young man why don't you hear this guy's personality his name is Darcy El- Darcy I know age is is but a number but at 21 years of age mate you've added so much energy and enthusiasm to our to our wonderful journey to Everest space camp I thank you and welcome along I appreciate it I appreciate it thank you for welcoming me So what we've got here folks is is three people the two a leader so to speak and Darcy Elks at 21, and, forgive me Andy, on the other end of the spectrum, Andy Loney at 70, and we've all had this magnificent experience of getting to Everest Base Camp. Of course, I in this recent one was distracted by having to look after one of our trekking participants who was not well, but the two boys here, they made it. Andy, was it difficult? How challenging was it? Did I underestimate it when I described it to you? (laughs) A little bit bit of everything there, I think. Um,
0: I anticipated it would be hard, but when it came down to the crux of the issue, I didn't realise how hard it was going to be. And as a result, had to a horse for the first time, <laughs> and that in itself is an experience trying to get on a horse. I'd never been on a horse
2: before. Mate, we have video. Uh, I yeah, so. and I'm going to see whether I can make it part of the event description. <laughs> <laughs> that, would be, that would be very interesting, mate, right, because there's
0: royalties to be paid then, but um, it was a hair-raising experience. On the horse, on was the a horse, hair yeah. Experience <laughs> on the horse. Yeah, whose hair were you raising? <laughs> well, at one stage, I was leaning so far back, I had butted the t- the uh, horse's tail, and the Sherpa guides yeah. are trying to steady me in the saddle, saying, "Move over, move <laughs> over." And I thought I was all right, but apparently, I was leaning to one side, yeah. and they said, "Move over," yeah. and. Anyway, we managed it.
2: We you like folks, it. Uh, I don't know whether you've ever seen that wonderful image of the, uh, was it called Clancy of the, Clancy, up the yeah. Was that the movie? Yeah. There's this wonderful image of the horse and its rider, Clancy, going down this very, very steep slope and leaning right back. Was that you, Andy? It was.
0: I think they probably could have used some of my techniques <laughs> to enhance the movie itself, <laughs> but... Uh, it was, it was an experience, it was quite difficult and never being on a horse before I thought what the heck am I doing yeah. and my back thought the same the <laughs> next day but the highlight was trying to get off the horse at the end with four people trying to help me to dismount. Yeah, I thought it was graceful. But, well, right foot out of the right stirrup, stuck up in the air while the three tried to get me out of the left hand side with uh, one foot stuck in the <laughs>
2: But no, it was funny. Andy, what made it even more challenging than you expected? Was it the oxygen deprivation as we got higher? Was it the actual terrain bearing in mind that I'm aware sometimes the terrain changes, particularly as we get towards aerospace camp, the landslides? It's a, um, it's a variable environment up there. Things can change um, uh, overnight. Or forgive me for saying so, did you underestimate the power of your joints? Um, um, did the I, knees stand up to it all? The knees, uh, you probably know, I had a
0: double knee transplant hey, 10 years ago, and they're meant for just normal everyday use, not going <laughs> here around the Himalayas and doing these. For 12, 13 hours. <laughs> for yeah, days. days <laughs> yeah, 13 days. up and down up. and up and down. But um, it, it, I, I did expect it to be tough, but not that tough. Yeah, the and, terrain, um, particular? Terrain was, yeah, it was yeah, a lot of steps in there. Lots mm. of steps. And as a result of sideways down steps, mm. the, the load bearing arm, this one, trying yeah. to lower the weight? Mm. I've got this bicep that's about three times what it was, <laughs> but the other one's like a pimple on me. <laughs> right.
2: You don't of, want Clancy, you want Clint, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Darcy, in fairness, mate, you, you smashed it. I appreciate that. Did, did, I appreciate did that you? A lot.
1: Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I did set out and did everything that I wanted to, so I'm yeah. very happy with how it ended up, definitely.
2: But give us a description of the overall experience oh. of 13 days um flying into Luckla, yeah flying back from yeah. Luckla. after all we did fly in the helicopter too. Remember that course? Of course. One? But those twelve days of, of trekking, what did it mean to you?
1: I think um it was really interesting because uh when you slow down and you spend that long working towards a goal, it really puts a lot in perspective for you because um you know you have this gradual build as you get closer and closer and closer until the surreal morning when we got up at four o'clock in the dark and had to make the trip there. And getting there was just an unbelievable feeling. Yeah, Like yeah, yeah. nothing can compare to it because I just think you have months and months that go into preparation. And then, and then when you're there, that's all you're thinking about. That's wow. driving you all the way up there.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. And then just getting there is yeah. incredible. Andy, if, if you didn't make it, would it have been okay? If you didn't make Everest Base Camp, would no. it have been okay? No. No. So if the destination was really important that to That was important to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: was only achieved by my um, Sherpa guide, who guided me the whole way with advice, saying my legs weren't physically possible to traverse the rock terrain close to Base Camp. Yeah. And the alternative was to either stay where you are and miss all together, yeah. or ride the horse. But
2: you're not disappointed that you had to ride the
0: horse. No, not in the slightest. Yeah, because we still got to base camp. You got yeah. there. We got there, and um, it was a big achievement. And that's what I set out to do. Yeah. Get to yeah. base camp and safely back. Mm. Mm. And as we've already spoken, the dismount was something pretty special. <laughs> at the <Yeah>. end,
2: <laughs> something to witness. Yeah. Darcy, dig deep, let it rip, mate. I'm, I'm asking you to go to the soul. Here we go what did you learn about darcy in those 13 days mm. what did you learn about darcy Elks? Mm. what did you learn about life
1: well i think uh it's really interesting to put myself in a position where you don't really have a lot of options day to day with uh, flexibility and comforts whether it's food showers um, you know, having to get to that next location, you got to push yourself through. Um, And it was a really great test to see how good my mental strength was. And and this is a conversation I think we had a lot on the trip, but you know, I truly believe that there were two facets to it. There was your physical ability and there was your mental ability, which was far more important. I think, uh, and I think many people on the trek exemplified that if you had the determination that you wanted to get to that goal, your physical ability came second to that. And, and that was really something that I valued um, testing my mental endurance.
2: So you're almost saying that physically you, you, you developed a feeling fairly early on that physically you were up for it. Yes, yeah, yeah. You knew that, Yes. but you still weren't sure whether you would pass the mental test.
1: Yeah. So to put it in perspective, um, the morning after we went to base camp, uh, we had the option of doing Kalapatah, which is a peak a couple hundred meters above base camp. Um, And I remember listening to people wake up in the morning, in the dark, it was snowing, it was cold, and I had the most uh, pounding headache from the altitude, I believe. And I remember sitting in bed and being like, you know, do I want to do this? Do I really want to be getting up for this? Like, it's going to be tough. Um, and I'm just really proud of myself that in that moment when I got the knock on the door to say, let's go, yeah. I said, yes, yeah. and did
2: Yeah. What was the benefit of your decision? Oh, uh,
1: I don't think words can adequate, adequately try. Uh, just breathtaking. Uh, I think the trek up was done mostly in the dark. Uh, through the snow. You mean to Caliphata? Uh, yes, yeah, up to yeah. Um And, you know, I couldn't see the goal in sight because there was fog everywhere and, and it was tough going and there was a lot of stopping. Uh, I'm very thankful for Passang, my guide, for getting me there because I could not have done it without him. But I remember maybe about 10 meters from the top, 20 meters from the top, it started to clear out and it got lighter and I just. Had to take a second to take in where i was and what i was doing and it was just the most surreal feeling i've ever felt in my life and and you know the people that i met up there and talked to all agree it had to have been one of the best mornings of my life if not the best morning of my life you texted me that morning yeah. and you said this could be the best morning. i of life. firmly believe that and the more i reflect on it the more i think how could anything come close yeah really yeah.
2: When you got to the top and you turned around, because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm picturing my experience as a Calipatar, and you get to the top and you turn around, and there she is, Sagamatha. Sagamatha. Mother goddess.
1: Yeah, because I was waiting. I was waiting all week to see it. It was really something I needed, um, because it would have been such a shame to come back from a trip to Everest and not have seen Everest. <laughs> um, and and just when it when it rolled out from behind the clouds i just couldn't believe my luck and it was just it was there and i don't think you know you could take a million pictures you're never going to do it justice just having the tallest mountain in the world in front of you like that um something you said to me as well is that you were close enough to talk to it i really felt that way i can understand why there's a lot of uh, nepali people who uh believe in its um Status as a deity because it's just remarkable. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it, it gave you a huge boost for the rest of the trip? Oh, oh the whole way down, just buzzing because mm. because I did that and 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 you know base camp was incredible. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't quite realise how much more Kalapatar would mean to me. And, and I think without Kalapatar, the trip was still excellent, but. I'm so thankful that I did it. The crowning glory. The crowning jewel of that entire trip was definitely that morning of Kalapatar. What did Everest say to you? What was the conversation? How did it speak to you? I think some of the best conversations uh, are when two people can sit in silence (laughs) and contemplate. And what did you contemplate? (sighs) Um, I contemplated the fact that I was... Uh, lucky enough to be a 21 year old in that position. Um, Fortunate enough in my life that I get to be there at such a young age and that I get to experience that and that hopefully it means I can um, help a lot more people in my life experience that because I am so young and I have so much longer to spread that. Yeah, a little bit more than me.
2: <laughs> no. 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 Well, let's go to you, Andy. Andy, I asked Darcy. You know, what did he learn from the experience? Is it possible that after seventy years upon the planet, you could have an adventure like this, finish up on a horse, get into Everest Base Camp, and still be the product of great learning? And oh. if so, what did you learn, brother? Uh, What I learnt was, and once again
0: it's with thanks to the Sherpa assistance, um, in just generally talking about calming yourself down, whereas I would maybe normally have been bullet a gate saying, you've got to get this done. And I remembered your words in the prelim about ego is the biggest danger to achieving your goal. Wow. I don't think there was any ego, I just wanted to be there and because of our Sherpa Guide and his discussion about breathing and just... And his lack of ego. Oh, lack of ego, lack yeah. Of ego. And it really did help me, I believe. And I did say to him that when I go home, I'll be taking some of him with me. Mm. The lessons that he was taught, teaching, just by his inference and even sometimes not speaking, mm. and he just could, mm. or, you know, and he'd be pointing to which stone I should need to put my foot on next. and
2: it was just special can i ask you to a bit like darcy just dig a little deeper there specifically what of sharing i've just introduced the name to you folks the person that they're speaking about is our head guide sharing it doesn't um undervalue of course the beautiful incredible work of galsang and uh, persan but what of sharing specifically do you want to take home and still let it become part of the 70 year old man that you are?
0: Well, I think um, just by his example and very few words, and he basically said, you need to slow down. And that's what we did at the back of the group. We took step by step. Uh, It did take a lot longer than other people, but we weren't there to race. We were there to complete the task. I think just his help to think, think straight, and not not worry, just do it. step, step by step, and it'll probably—I believe so—help me when I go back to be what a, way? a calmer person. Yeah, well, I really felt it once. You now we had gone through all this yeah. particular segment that in in the rest of my life. That yeah. I'll always have this to look back on, and we, with all the wonderful people we had on the trip, and everybody has a different story. But for me, that I just did feel something. Yeah. I wasn't expecting a big blinding flash of light. Yeah. And you know, yeah. the, everything appeared with roses and what have you. It's just yeah. that I think what they gave to me, what Sharon gave, was invaluable. So let's get this into
2: perspective, folks. You're listening to, uh, 70 year old man, who first of all had the audacity to make the decision that he was going to listen to his neighbor downstairs. (laughs) Yes, yes. And he was going to do the mighty trek to Everest Base Camp. But the benefit and the value is that he takes home a greater awareness of the beauty of peace and calm. And silence and quietness and space um, in his life. Now, I do know your wife, Alison, so I may be checking up on her uh, frequently to see how you're going, Andy. (laughs) I I think she'll be quite
0: impressed. Um, A weight loss with doing the task at hand. How much did you lose? Um, I think it was about five kilos Wow! Wow! and my clothes don't really fit yeah. and <laughs> when you happened to suggest that we're all going to KFC for lunch she said well he, he won't need a new wardrobe <laughs> and I said well I chose not to go <laughs> and same with preparation for the whole event I chose no alcohol for
2: eight you weeks and you
0: stuck to and that I, really to well. I was very really impressed reached Namche Bazaar mm-hmm. on the way back mm-hmm. and then had a first drink. Yeah, yeah. And not that the drinks, that overriding thing, but to be able to just shut off the alcohol. Yeah. And I think if I hadn't have done, it would have been a lot more difficult. Mm. And as for my wife, she said, well, you're talking about doing it, just do it. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll never do it. Yeah. And so that's to how on it. that for a
2: moment. That sounds like a terrific support.
0: Oh, without that, You
2: doubt. know, speak to us about the power of that support and the value
0: of that support? No. Well, we've been together 46 years now and never had an argument in all that time, of course. <laughs> but she's always been there. Sorry, folks, excuse me. <laughs> she's always been there supporting. We support each other, but in crazy matters such as, I'm going to go to base camp, well, just do it. Don't yeah. talk about it. Yeah. And if you leave it any longer, who knows? Yeah. You don't know what's around the corner. And so her support, all my family's support, even the people at the hospital where I work, um, they were all just positive. So yeah. you can do it. I said, I, I believe I can. Yeah. And although the arrival at base camp was somewhat different to expectation, yeah. it was spectacular. It was spectacular,
2: it was, Andy. Yeah. It was spectacular. And, and bearing in mind, you know, had I been there, and, and, and for the listener, I, I did have to attend to one of our participants got pulmonary, Oedema, which is um, you know, some moisture uh, in the lungs, and that needs to be attended to. And so it was my duty to, to, to look after her. Had I been there, I think had it been anybody but Andy Loney, I may have had a private conversation to say, I think you're going to get more out of it walking and completing the task. But however, when I heard that you arrived on horse, I was so thrilled that you had had such a range of different experiences at 70 years of age that that, that offered you an, an incredible encounter. That's that's certainly
0: true, um, having never been on a horse before, except on a carousel, finding the chicken and the ostrich and the cow round and round. The carousel, oh yeah, the carousel. merry-go-round, okay. The merry-go-round. <laughs> And um, I'd never in my wildest dreams expected to be riding a horse in the Himalayas. the yeah. base camp, and then back to, back to the real start point. Yeah. And I was terrified most of the way. Yeah. And my shoes had taken a pounding on the rocks, and
2: yeah.
0: one of our guides, he took a bit of a tumble trying to hold me on, and that was... Uh, they, they like, held on to you, didn't they? They, they did. They, <laughs> yeah, they all wanted a piece of me. It's so <laughs> a, a bit different. <laughs> no, yeah, it was, yeah, looking
2: back, it was just stupendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. We've spoken about these Sherpas, uh, uh, Sharing, uh, Galzang, um, Passan. What do you take from them? What what do they teach us about a different approach to life? I'm not talking about a 180 degree, 360 degree, let's change our lives. But what do they teach us is important? What did they teach you, Darcy?
1: I think uh, a really good example of this is just the physical embodiment of their ability. Uh, And I have countless videos Um, up and down the trek of passing similar Sherpas who can just achieve the most ridiculous physical feats Mm. um, carrying tens and tens of kilos on their backs um, up incredibly steep slopes and not complaining at all or faltering and beating people with nothing and I just can't imagine um, I can't imagine the heritage that goes into that and the um, uh, the values that they must be raised with in order for them to be able to achieve something like that. Sort of hearkening back to what I meant with the um, mental toughness.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and I think it's exemplified in all of them. You know, there was no complaints from any of them. I mean, why would there be? They just knuckled down, did the job um, and it was just remarkable. And it was a great inspiration for I think everyone, especially me up the front with Pasang. Um, he just never faltered. He never took a deep breath. He was cool, calm, and collected the whole way. And yeah. it, it's just a remarkable role model, really. Yeah,
2: yeah. As you look upon the, you know, the Sherpa tribe, you saw them everywhere, Darcy. You know, they, they were coming up, they were carrying all that weight that you spoke about. Sometimes building resources for. You know, the the next super lodge that was being built. I've seen one of them carry a refrigerator. Yeah, well, on this bag. Pool tables up there. Oh, get out of it! How do they get up there? <laughs>
1: I don't think well, they're let's on a it's on. helicopter. Jeez. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. I, I can see three of them doing it, maybe even two.
0: Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. But, I saw a gentleman, probably, whether well, it was two or three of them, over a number of days carrying a whole lounge suite. Things on their back, you know, like they're outfitting a new, maybe a new lodge or a house or something. Uh, I thought, how are they possibly able to do that? I've got the tiny little backpack with a water bladder on it, two bottles, and I'm flat out walking with that. Yeah. And that brought to another issue where, at times when I was struggling really bad, they'd take the bag off me.
2: Yeah.
0: Stick it on there. And own they'd back. have two. <laughs> they'd have two bags. Yeah. <sighs> Um, but yeah nothing was too much
1: trouble for them They're yeah that's right preferred. very accommodating yeah. and, and we'd get in at the end of the day um, and we'd all you know lie down and, and be exhausted and they wouldn't be sitting down no they'd come over take your order take yeah. your hot drink order go get that bring it back and still be standing and I'd have to be like guys you can sit down please <laughs> like, must be tired <laughs> no complaints just yeah. smiles hands you the drink yeah. make sure you're looked after yeah I think but the whole Nepali
0: people, their work ethic is just monstrous. It's huge. And even in the streets now, the people are trying to eke a living out of an overcrowded market. But it was just, it's hard to put to words, but there was no complaints. They do their job. And
2: it, it's a fascinating approach to labour. Oh, isn't it? Like, like they don't see excessive labour as a chore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they actually see excessive, what we would call excessive labour, uh, right? They actually see that as just part of the existence and almost in some ways a privilege mm-hmm. to be able to work that hard. Yeah. That's a different approach to what I see sometimes back at home like if I have to labour past my eight hours, um, then at, you better yeah. pay me overtime. Oh, you know, um, I'm not quite sure that I'm going to be available for this. Uh, they, they embrace. It. Yeah, yeah.
1: Completely different mindset. Yeah, in yeah. a lot of ways.
2: Yeah, and um,
0: with with their calmness, and I was trying to talk with Sharon and Yolzhan about everybody's calm. They, despite all these heavy lifting tasks. And I said, back in Brisbane, people were running around like ants, this way, that way, this way, leaping over each other to get across the road or the traffic issues are quite interesting here but we managed to get through. But in Brisbane, there would have been arguments and but that doesn't happen here. yeah. It's just yeah. a totally different environment. Yeah. I'm just thankful we were able to experience it. Yeah,
2: yeah. Does it... Does it make you question your own lifestyle or does it make you question the lifestyle that you see all around you in our in our Australian society or in Western society? Do you think there are some values there that that, that should be reconsidered as a result of your experience over here in the pool? Um,
1: I have to say it really makes you reflect on privilege and what it means mm. to be privileged. I think um, having this experience really allows you to reflect on the life you've lived and the trials and tribulations that you go through. When you put it in perspective, you know, it's just like looking at it from a completely different angle and you realize that, you know, perhaps, uh, and and it helps you to reflect on the fact that you live a privileged life and you need to remember that in everything that you do. And I think that's a, uh, way of living a better life yeah. and I think you'll be happier for it as yeah. long as you realise that no matter what happens, gosh, you're in a great position yeah. and yeah. you can always come back from whatever you yeah. know.
2: Andy, do you think we live a privileged life? Yes. Yeah? Elaborate. Yeah. Well... What's privileged about it when people don't even talk to their neighbours? You and I are different. Well, we're different, yes. yeah Yeah.
0: Um, I just think everything's there for us. We've got hot and, hot and cold water on tap and you don't have to worry about water pressure and yeah. unless the floods have been, a, once in a hundred year floods, which we've had three of in <laughs> 10 years, um, you just take for granted. Electricity. Electricity, elevators, whatever. Electricity, toilet food. paper. Yeah, toilet paper. Hello, yeah. hello, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Water. <laughs> water, yeah. water, drinking water.
2: yeah. yeah from the tent. But privilege doesn't necessarily equate to happiness and fullness of life. Yes, no?
1: Yes, elaborate. I I agree because I I think, um, uh, I think, and sort of relating to what I meant before, maybe elaborating a bit is that the understanding of that privilege can help you live a happier life because you can understand well these people or certain people can live with so much less than you and yet be so much more fulfilled in everything that they do and there's a lot to be learned from that Like all these material things that you have uh, that add to your privilege well what are they giving you if you're not happier than these people who don't have
2: them. Fascinating comment you made there. You said so much more fulfilled. What are they fulfilled by? What fulfills them? I think,
1: like we were saying before, um, you, you mentioned that uh, they felt that it was, they were lucky that they could work as much as they do and they could... Yeah. Uh, put as much um, effort into everything that they do and come out at the end of the day having achieved all this yeah. and i think um, that that's something that they can reflect back on and be very proud of
2: sharing many times uh, 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 said i'm just thankful that i have work remember
1: that uh, yeah remember that? Like the,
2: he gave me a
1: he's an incredible human
2: course, thank you mr bernie you, you give done. me you give me work. Yeah, but also, don't you notice the relationship and the connections that they have between each other? Isn't it remarkable that we can go to ninety four kilometres or one hundred and four kilometres of trekking, and sharing sort of like knows half the people. Yes, that 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 is that is passed that own the lodges that he knows which ones can offer safe kitchens. Um, he knows which ones. Um, live a higher degree of caring than, than others, mind you, I think all the Sherpas have a quite a large degree of caring <laughs> and, and nurture um, this concept of community, I think is also something that they are largely attached to that I don't see as prominent in our society.
0: Andy? Uh, you're probably right there. I mean to a lesser degree, where we live, there's a group of people who do get together because of Mr. Bernie Kelly. Um, but probably in a wider, on a wider scale, there's people who are very insular and I think it's just they need something like we've just had. Yeah. The feeling, the ex the ex, belonging. The belong yeah. The yeah. excitement of being in the probably one of the most beautiful environments I've ever seen. Yeah. And with some of the nicest people.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, I don't think I've seen a Nepali person who was growling all the time and not happy. Yeah. They're happy with what they do. Yeah. And by default they pass all that on to us. And I, I think that's been pretty special. Yeah.
2: The purpose of this podcast is always about how do we become a more loving human being? Um, A subsidiary or parallel purpose is what do we need to do? What are the actions we need to take in order to inspire greater sustainable happiness that is generated from within, not attached to things that we own or accumulate? And in becoming more loving and founded in greater happiness, we supposedly <laughs> add more meaning uh, to our lives. How has this experience inspired greater inner happiness for you? How do you think you can take from this experience and, and allow it to, to more often inspire greater happiness? How can this experience make you a more loving human being? What strategies, what actions do well, you take away with you?
0: I think we've probably covered some of this, but when you think back on the trip itself and for all the elements we've spoken about that have been beneficial in one way or another, and if, if something's not quite right back yeah. on the, the Western Front, that um, we just draw back on the memories from this trip, um, and also one of the issues, when our colleague was withdrawn through the helicopter, it gave the rest of the group, I believe, a, a bit of a burst to
2: go, oh, we've got to do it for her. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that- a, that's a real connection. It's a real, yeah, maybe there's the message, is, is the energy that was actually drawn from that feeling of connectedness we formed our own community, as often happens on these treks of a, of a shared, powerful journey bringing us together. Maybe there's a, there's a message or a strategy in that that we should seek more often, you know. But it, I, just referring back to what we've experienced if in
0: times of maybe times of doubts um, when we're back home, just refer back and it won't be long before the memories pop up about what made it special. And that's a valuable tool to have
1: available for us. I also think further to that, um, one thing that this trip will help me reflect on a lot when I'm home is uh, the value of empathy and specifically empathizing with others. And um, you're told a lot to put yourself in other people's shoes to help understand why they might feel the way that they do. But I really think that this trip frames uh, why empathy is such a valuable skill and why it's essential to carry with you at all times. I think uh, empathy for every person you deal with in all facets of your life is essential. And I think
2: that this trip really framed that nicely. I'm tearing up, I'm watering up, you've hit the nerve. (laughs) 21 years of age, folks, did you hear what he said? Of course, his greatest challenge is to live it. (laughs) Well, that's the daily struggle. But (laughs) what you (laughs) just heard is an evolving value of Darcy Elks who now recognises the possibility that you can have that empathy and connection with every single human being. But equally, equally, that doesn't mean they're going to respond.
0: <laughs> no, but you can, you can put the paints down in front of
1: them and let them paint their own picture. Yeah, I don't no, think that, that should detract from your um, continued pursuit of empathy. Because, no. yeah, not everyone is going to return uh, a similar favour, but it shouldn't change the fact that you want to try and empathise with them.
2: But I would have the confidence that if someone rejects your empathy, it's perfectly okay. Well, I think that's, yeah,
1: empathy manifested.
2: That's the whole definition of empathy. Wow, what a beautiful response. I
1: think, yeah, yeah. I really think that empathy in the face of (laughs) truly awful people is empathy by definition.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I think back to... When we're at Kagandra talking to the children. Better explain what Kigandra is. Kagandra, I'm not sure of the current name, but it's a vocational school for disabled children in Kathmandu. And thanks to various people in the business community, their school was rebuilt. And during our time with the students, we had the chance to talk to small groups. And the question I think was posed what do you like about yourself, and what do you like about Nepal? And the young man that was in our group, he spoke exceptional English, and he said, I like to make people happy. And then he said to me, what's best, a smile or a laugh? And I said, well, if you smile, somebody more than likely will laugh. And that just carries on. That's an excellent story. It takes more muscles to smile than it does to frown.
1: Uh, pretty special. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I agree.
2: Andy, what's most important to you now at your age that you didn't feel was important to you at thirty, at forty, at, at twenty, 20 at <laughs> 39 <laughs> years ago? Mm. Yeah. What's important to you now that you see really clearly after the journey of life you've had seventy years upon the planet? What do you see now as important that you never you, you never really understood the importance of it back then? Well, I think at the base of it all,
0: at the front of it all, is is family, um, wife, partner, whatever everybody has, uh, children, grandchildren, and all of a sudden they've just, although they, we've always had, you know, their best feeling, best um, intentions at heart, it just seems more important now to share with the children and my wife my daughter and it hasn't always been smooth going for anybody Um, but what we've got now we've got this tool that we can share we can share with them and try and just make things better if I'm making myself a better person I think it will flow on yeah and I think I've done that to a degree
2: Darcy, um, I'm, I'm coupling your your comment about empathy before with what Andy just said. It's it's almost like empathy is the is the um, uh, uh, part of the same family as <laughs> what Andy Andy spoke about. Andy, is it is it is it a value to rather than just say family? If we said love and I'm talking about love for family members, but equally, do you now recognise how important it is just to love people? Yes. it's, it's That's more than just family, isn't it? It is.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, in my private life outside of this environment, um, I, I work at the hospital helping people, and empathy is the key message of the Marta Hospital Creed, and it's just helped me even before coming here yeah. and i think when i go back next week it'll be probably increased intensified yeah to spread what i've got yeah. what i've seen yeah. and experienced yeah share with everybody yeah. what a good place to do it as well yeah. oh yeah and, but not only
2: their benefit
0: no no for mine as well yeah yeah you have to have your love for yourself yeah not being looking yeah. at me yeah but um, if you can do yeah. that I think it's easy to pass the message. Yeah. And you can only offer the message. Yeah. You
2: don't you can't sort of say this is what you must do. Sure. That's right. This is what you can That's do. True. Yeah, yeah. Darcy, we old buggers make one big mistake, constant mistake. We think that we actually develop after sixty and seventy years of age a whole host of wisdom that then should be passed down to the young. And here's the mistake. We don't live in your world. You have a wisdom already at 21 years of age that belongs to the world that you live in that we're still trying to understand. Mm. So it only seems appropriate as we head towards finishing this episode of A Journey with Bernie, just to ask you, what do you say to we who have had this great journey in life? I'm making it up now. What would you say to your dad? What do you say to a Bernie Kelly? What do you say to an Andy Loney from your perspective that if we're going to maximise our latter years of life in your world, how do you believe we should do that?
1: Ooh. Mm. That's a big question. I think... um i think having people to share it with is infinitely important uh i think you can go through life and experience a whole range of incredible things but if you if you're sitting on that rocking chair at the end of your days looking back on it and you're by yourself and you can't talk to anyone who experienced that with you and share and relate and just exchange that compassion. Um, I think it's, I think, I just don't think it's comparable. Yeah. How did he go, Andy? I think he
0: went exceptionally well. He's, <laughs> I'm not trying to pick his pocket or anything, but he's uh, he's got just so much to offer, as we mentioned earlier, at such a young age and his experiences already, are probably far greater than many others of the same age. Mm. And uh, he's a personal young fella. Yeah. And, I mean, they can teach us I all sorts of things. That.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that, Andy.
2: No, it's true. I want you to reflect. This is the last minutes of the episode, okay? So I want you to reflect on all that we've spoken about. And it's not even a sentence. It, 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 it's, it's just one word. It's two words or three words. I'll give you an example. I could use the word... Spirit of adventure exists at this table. There's a sentence, you know. I just I just want to hear something from you that you think sort of like summarizes or is a key component of this whole discussion and it's got to be said with a lot of punch. You know, you know, it's just three words, Dars. It's just one word. I could just say be love. Huh? I could say spirit of adventure. I could say I could say thirst for nature. (laughs) I could say, recognise that we're all connected. Didn't you experience that as one community in this shared journey? Embrace shared journeys, shared adventures. These are words that I'm hearing from you guys uh, as a result of this episode. Andy, I can see you've got one.
0: It's not a question. It's um, instead of procrastinating and saying, maybe, maybe. Just do it.
2: Leap to action. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, No maybes. No. Just do it. it. Just do it. And you have the right to add, and that's irrespective of the amount of years you've had on the planet. True. Irrespective. That's your message, Andy. Even at 70, you can still improve.
0: Yeah. You can improve physically and not sit down in a chair the whole day and watch Netflix or, mm. you, um, you just have to be active, which we try and do, but yeah. probably even more so now. Yeah. So when I go home, <laughs> Sunday morning, we're going to jump on the bikes and go for a 40 or 50 K ride. Yeah. Just and you're going to gonna kill them. Just to lose. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, it's been a wonderful opportunity.
2: Will Alison join you on that bike ride? Oh, yeah, for sure. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, Yeah, we like bike riding together. Hey, your one or two or three words, your sentence, what is it? Come on, Darcy.
1: Yeah, I think maybe um, a good representation is this sort of, uh, I really like how, you know, we can come in as eight or nine strangers, mostly strangers, and come out with um, sort of a, a web of compassion for each other. Mm. which would probably be my three words <laughs> uh, because I think like uh, this shared journey makes ties between all of us for the rest of our lives definitely and um, the fact that we can all come together and and share this compassion uh, after only having spent a few weeks with each other I think speaks really highly of everyone in the group and, and I think um yeah.
2: Yeah, it goes a long way mm. in these settings. Certainly mm. does. Mm. And if you can do it with a beautiful Korean lady, <laughs> our Lillian, <laughs> if you can do it with an Andy Loney at 70 years of age, you know, an over-enthusiastic Bernie Kelly at <laughs> <laughs> With the Sus and the Lees and the Dans of this world. And what about your mate, Jess? Uh, Jess, she's a real
0: trooper and um, she was suffering from the start with a foot injury but she just
2: went on with it. She was 20 years Mm your younger Andy Yeah, Yeah. and yet you two became brother and sister. We did pretty much. I I thought that was a really great relationship that came
1: out of it and one I wasn't expecting but I just loved seeing how you two got along throughout the trip and I thought. Well we helped each other because when
0: she was struggling Mm. early on and said, I can't do it. I said, well, you're already doing it. so <laughs> I, I, I won't say what true. I actually said, but <laughs> true. basically that was it. You're already doing it, yeah, so you yeah. can't tell me yeah. you can't do it. Yeah. And then a couple of days later, she was doing the same for me. Yeah.
2: Well, listen, guys, can I thank you ever so much for this opportunity? But I should really thank you for um, uh, 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 allowing me and, and, and the three of us coming together to share that incredible journey in this exceptionally different, beautiful, um, learning country. Mm. It it offers us so much. Thank you for being part of this episode and sharing your, your journeys with us and adding to the purpose of a journey with Bernie is ways for us to become a more loving human being, happier human being, and therefore find greater meaning. And you've certainly enlightened us this morning with your description of your experience and encounter on that mighty trail to Sagamata, Sagamata, Mother Goddess.
1: Thank you, Bernie. Thank Thank you very much.
2: Cheers, Andy. Good on your dance. Take care. See you soon. See you soon. Adios. No marbles. (laughs) I do hope you enjoyed today's episode of A Journey with Bernie. Folks, I loved it. Contact and connection details of today's podcast guest and any references to resource materials, books or educational sources, they can all be found in the podcast notes. Do go there, folks. And also be aware that our guests would welcome hearing from you. Now, for those of you who have previously rung me about joining our forthcoming adventures to Nepal and those glorious Himalayan trekking trails either this October or in April of 2023. It's great to have you on board. I am so thrilled. Can you imagine it? You and I walking to Everest Base Camp together or summiting Nepal's highest trekable peak, Mount Merah at 6,400 metres, or just absorbing the beautiful Gokyo Lakes. It's all available to you folks. Just give me a call on plus 6 one. It would be great to walk in that environment with you. Hey, dear people, thank you for joining us. Embrace the journey, hey? Just love the journey of life. And just remember...